This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week, Season 3. I'm Sophia Kanthara, and I'm here with Owen Thomas. Hey there. And Alex Wilhelm. Hello. And this week, we'll be talking about a laundry startup that launched a subscription service, a company that was acquired for $112 million, and a startup that's making office catering easier. That's all coming up on Startups of the Week. Up first this week, we have Rinse, which is a laundry pickup and delivery service. And it's in the news this week because they recently started a subscription service where rather than scheduling a pickup, you can have a recurring service to have your laundry taken and done and brought right back to you. Well, that's good because I tend to run out of clothes on a regular basis. So this makes some kind of inherent product sense to me. Like I I run out of socks about every two weeks. So I could time this, I presume, using Rinse to have that be my laundry cycle as well. Yeah. So basically what the CEO is telling me is when they started the service, um, they had it originally done where it'd be priced by pound, which is a more vendor centric kind of way of doing of doing laundry. When you go to the corner store and you drop off your laundry, that's usually how they price it. Maybe there's like a per, you know, per laundry fee. So that's yeah, that's kind of the old school laundry universe. Who knows how many pounds of laundry they have? I've never thought of that in my life. A couple of shirts weighs a pound? I don't know, actually. I have no idea how much you know my laundry weighs. Most of us think about it, buy it about it like by bag or by basket. However, you store your dirty laundry. Um, so this is basically to help with you know, as you said, laundry is a recurring problem. Where not a problem, but it's something that you always have to do. So there are no problems. There are only opportunities. <laughs> laundry is never. I never looked at my laundry and gone, ah, what an opportunity. <laughs> I'm always going. I have no socks. That's a problem. Like that. I, Maybe I'm splitting hairs here. Anyway, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, we like this company because there's been things in the space that have actually not done well. Uh, two companies came to mind that we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washio and Prim both tried to make similar sorts of plays in this space, and uh, it didn't go well. So it's kind of cool to see Rents not only survive, but keep growing, tweak their business model, and kind of move to the next level. I like it. My favorite story about Washio, which is one of these failed laundry startups, is that they started giving customers a cookie or some kind of treat with every (laughs) delivery. So not only do you get your laundry done, but you get a cookie. And then customers started complaining because the cookies were not like elaborate or, you know, delicious enough. (laughs) And so like suddenly, suddenly they had to like revise all of their business model projections because like they had to factor in higher end cookies to keep their, you know, keep their customers happy, which just tells me that millennials ruin everything. I'm sorry, why are, if you're getting a free cookie, why are you complaining <laughs> about, like, you got a free cookie? I don't Never know. Never look f- a gift cookie in the chocolate chips. I, I actually think there's something to this analogy, though, which is, mm-hmm. like, how wherever you set your customers' expectations, they stay there and they will not go down. So you cannot take the cookie away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, that's why I think subscription services are kind of fascinating because it creates more of a, you know, 
more of an equal relationship, um, you know, like this becomes part of your consistent habit, you know, consumer habit, rather than you're shopping around to see whether, uh, you know, this startup will give me a cookie or this startup will, you know, give me $10 off. You're, you know, you're kind of out of that, um, you know, kind of hamster wheel of customer acquisition when you get people to subscribe. Yeah. And, you know, um, he was telling me, the CEO, that a lot of their customers were already using Rinse like a subscription service where they were scheduling it regularly. Um, but this way, they can save money on it. It's cheaper. It's also easier. They don't have to weigh their clothes, that kind of thing. Um, it's a little bit more it's a little bit more customer friendly and less vendor centric. Yeah. Um, I like it. And this they, yeah, their goal is to ultimately be, I mean, they want to go into, um, they're in a lot of markets already, but they want to expand and become nationwide. Um, and their goal is to just be like the go-to for laundry pickup and delivery. Um, because this is not laundry pickup and delivery is not a new concept, but a lot of it, you know, it's done on a very local level and they want to be like the national, like, you know, go-to for that. And do they have people? Are are they rolling uh, like cars, delivering? Yeah, so they ha- uh, they have drivers who um, they call them valets. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have just over a hundred full time and part time employees. They're drivers. They don't. They couldn't give me an exact number of them. They're not in that count. Uh, but yeah, they employ drivers in all of their markets. So I see the biggest vulnerability here is um, is that they you know have to maintain that that fleet of couriers. Um, there's a lot of competition for drivers. Um, you know, we, we recently wrote about how um, cannabis startups are actually hiring away DoorDash and Uber drivers because be- under California law, they have to be employees, meaning they get benefits. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of, you know, there's lots of upside for the drivers for that. It's steadier work. So I think, you know, it, it sounds good on paper, gig economy, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that a lot of these startups that kind of count on being able to hire an unlimited pool of drivers um, might be in for a rude surprise. Did they happen to mention whether they're contractors or employees, the the drivers? You know, he I, I don't know if they're contractors or employees. They're not counted in their in their head count. <laughs> okay, so they're probably they're, they're probably, probably contractors. contractors mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, you know that's that I think is one question they're facing. Uh, Mulberries, which is a, uh, a midwestern. Um, Laundry chain recently bought uh, Laundry Locker, which is a big San Francisco-based operation. They have they get away from the pickup by having lockers that you go to, and you just get your laundry there. It's a little, little less personal, a little less high touch, but I have to imagine that the delivery infrastructure there is easier. And you know, it's not like a meal; like your laundry can just sit there until you're ready. So I think that you know mo- the Mulberry's Laundry Locker combination. Uh, are the ones that um, that Rinse really needs to watch out for. Yeah, for sure. Um, so up next this week, we have Denal, which is our deal of the week. It was recently acquired by Boku for 112, $112 million. Ooh, 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 Boku. I have actually heard of this company. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about it. Oh, when history button activated. <laughs> going on give us the two-minute version of what what is boku and why have uh we in this generation not heard of it before now okay well i think that uh boku is a mobile payments company it makes sense that they'd buy a a smaller startup in the space to kind of bolster their offerings uh i think they're much bigger overseas overseas you see a lot more payments done with um with cell phones meaning uh with the actual cell phone account with the carrier so your bill with the cell phone carrier 
actually ends up being kind of, you know, like a line of credit or a little, you know, a little bank account that you can spend in various ways. Um, it's not very popular in the U.S. to, to do what's called carrier billing. Uh, but Boku, as I understand it, is a big player in, um, in that world, you know, basically billing things to your phone account. Mm-hmm. Don't confuse that with like mobile payment, like using, using your iPhone to pay at a store. I mean, these things are all called mobile payment. But when someone says mobile payment, you really have to dig into what are you talking about? Are you talking about the device? Are you talking about the, you know, like the the carrier, the subscription service? Anyway, Boku, um, the coolest thing about Boku is that their chairman is a guy named Mark Brito, who's been like in the payments world behind the scenes for decades. He actually sold a company to Amazon that became um, that became uh the the underpinnings of Amazon payments. So when you buy stuff on Amazon, you're using something that this guy helped build, which I think is super cool. And he's now at PayPal, which you know just shows you like what a small insular world <laughs> uh, pay, the payments universe is. There, I guess there are only so many payments executives to go around. Apparently, it's like four. They just keep sharing them. <laughs> exactly. um, but Denal had raised a total of $14.5 million, and so the $112 million exit seems to be a pretty good multiple on invested capital. Yeah, I th- my sense is that there is, you know, there's a lot of money in processing these you know, kind of carrier-linked payments, um, and it's, it's a popular way to pay pretty much anywhere <laughs> except in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's almost surprising how the payment system in America has been so different than the world. So if you go to Asia, like, like uh, mobile payments and like, touch payments are super popular, and then you hear we just use cash, which is just well, the strangest it, thing. If you go to China, everyone is paying. Uh, with, uh, with well, their WeChat, WeChat accounts, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fascinating. Oh, I didn't um, know that. If, yeah. you, if you want more on that, look up, uh, just Google WeChat Super App. Probably is a pretty good way to figure out what this definition is and, and how that operates differently in that country than uh, apps do here. It's fascinating. Facebook wants to become one, of course, but they've uh, not quite pulled that off yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fascinating deal. A lot of a lot of backstory there. So for our last company this week, we have Choose, which I know it's a um, meal delivery service geared for offices. So if you want to get your office lunch, they partner... Sorry, they work with. <laughs> Owen hates the word partner. <laughs> I hate the word partner. It's true. They work with local restaurants, so you can you know order and have it brought to your office. Um, but I know Owen and Alex both have a lot of thoughts on meal delivery. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just you know this this is like a meal mm-hmm. delivery mm-hmm. Uh, by itself. Like consumer meal delivery is like a graveyard of startups. <laughs> it's just painful, you know, like how many were there like Sprig? Uh, oh, my favorite Spoon Rocket. Spoon Rocket. Uh, Munchery somewhere Munchery. in there. So all of these companies were trying to do the impossible. They were trying to set up their own kitchens because they wanted to cook the meals themselves. They had to set up a delivery network. They had to set up a consumer brand. They had to persuade you to download their app. It was just other than that. What's the real uh, real problem? What's what's the thing I, I once said? Like you, you don't want to have you don't want to need more than two miracles. So, yeah, no yeah. more than two miracles to success. Yeah. That's like five. Yeah. <laughs> Sequential miracles. So, but choose since they're going after businesses um, and they don't cook their own food, right, Sophia? No, they partner with uh, local restaurants. So, if you look on their website, they name a couple ones, you know, just here in San Francisco. Um, That's a really good model because SF has a pretty reasonable restaurant scene already. Yeah, like I, Alicia's Mission Chinese. Oh, I oh love Mission Chinese. Yeah, everyone at the table so, is like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so the um, you know, the, for the restaurants, it's great because they get these big orders that are you know, I I suspect more profitable than doing you know doing one off meals, and you know it's a it's a nice steady business. Um, lunch is often tough, so providing 
um, lunch meals to you know to offices is um, is a good thing. Uh, there's also been a lot of controversy here in San Francisco over corporate cafeterias. The Board of Supervisors even proposed banning corporate cafeterias. I don't think that is going very far, that proposal. But there's a, there's a sensitivity um, to, you know, like, what are we doing for the local economy? And so if you're buying your meals um, as opposed to cooking them in-house, you're contributing more. Right. You were, those dollars are going outside the building. They're going into that local business that's probably owned by local people. It's better recirculation in the economy of the dollars. I like all of that. Um, but there's a lot of companies that do this kind of like bring meals to your office thing that we've talked about on this show going way back to like season one. So like ancient history now. But there's uh, Zesty, mm-hmm. which does a similar sort of thing-ish. And they were bought by Square, which was a big deal. Yes. And then there's Zero Cater, also in the space. And I think there's another one that's now flown away from my head. But Chew, it's, by the way, which is spelled C-H-E-W-S-E, is uh, another part of the space that I hadn't heard of before. So to me, the fact that they just raised a bunch of money is pretty cool. And Sophia, how much did they raise? Uh, $19 million. And also, I guess one thing that makes them a little bit different, though, is that they like they do the like kind of catering aspect. So not just like dropping off food, but they you know can like serve it and that kind of thing as well. They, um, so they kind of set it up. It's and, like fa- yeah. they call it like family style meals, basically. Yeah. Like they, it's more of office catering than. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to Choose's website and read their like frequently asked questions because it is like it's just a. Uh, with no offense to rinse, it's a laundry list of millennial stereotypes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, you know, like there's there's a line: "Our omnivores end up eating all of the vegetarian entrees." Is there a way to make sure we have enough? And like that's such a San Francisco problem: is your your meat eaters are actually eating your vegetarian, your delicious vegan meals? Oh my gosh! I'm reading through these now. I'm trying to scroll mm. to find that one. Uh, yeah, my omnivore diners often eat the veg- vegetarian entree. Can we get additional vegetarian entrees so we don't run out? Uh, we have this problem at Crunchbase. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So like, if, if it says it says like gluten free, don't eat unless you're celiac, because <laughs> you know, like you don't, you should eat all of the gluten free food, and then the people who ha- who can't eat gluten get all hungry. So, so those are not actually omnivores. There's a term for that, jerkivore. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Lack of uh, good karma avore, if you will. Yes, yes exactly. I like this though. I think I think it's fun to see one space that I would have guessed would end up with one player that won the entire thing, mm-hmm. having a diversity of players taking different takes on it, and that means it's a bigger market than I thought, um, which makes sense because everyone eats back to the laundry point. Uh, but I like what Choose is doing, and I just have one little thing to throw in here. So mm-hmm. Foundry Group, uh, according to my notes, re- led this round, but Foundry Group also led their A and B. So that means this is the third time Foundry Group has been putting more money into this company, and Foundry is a pretty well-regarded VC firm. I mean, Brad Feld and company are, are all pretty smart. So there's something going on here that I didn't know before, so I'm glad that I kind of figured it out. Yeah, it's 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 either, um, when you see a pattern like that, it's either a VC firm trying to kind of keep a company to itself. Mm-hmm. It could be a sign of trouble, like you can't find any other investors, or it could be that like this VC firm has a really good relationship with the founders. The founders don't don't want to shop around and they get a good valuation and they just keep it in the in the family. Like Sequoia invested in WhatsApp and there were never any other outside investors in WhatsApp and they made a fortune when Facebook bought it. Oh man. To be clear though, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> Inside rounds can be to your point a negative signal. Um, so you have to kind of message them correctly. But in this case, given the, the, the huge jump in dollars raised from the B to the C, to me, it makes it a positive signal. Yeah. That's the way that I'm reading the and tea I, leaves. It, if I were a rival VC firm, I would be 
wondering, how do I get in on this thing? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I wanted to eat too. Anyways. Well, Sophia, that was a great lineup. Interesting companies. Thank you, Owen. And for those of you listening, we've got a couple of special episodes coming up over the next couple of weeks. So be sure to keep tuning in. Startups of the Week is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Chronicle and support Startups of the Week and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Subscribe.